As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter Magooter and a very special guest. We have the one and only Matt Rogers on our show. Matt, how are you today? I'm beyond excited. I mean, this is, I actually crept into your guys' DMs to try to be on this. <laughs> I, I was like, I've been a fan. Like, I, I think I found you guys through Brooke Ashley, who I love. Oh, nice. Yeah, we and, love her. And um, then I jumped into all your content. I think you guys are great. Well, we appreciate it. When you reached, I wasn't going to say that because I didn't want to sound like we were trying to be cool. Like, oh, Matt Rogers <laughs> slid in our DMs. I but, did. Like, you reached out. Here's, I'll counter it, though. <laughs> so you reached out to us. And it was very nice. You're like fan of the show. If you ever want me to come on as a guest, like let me yeah, know. Yeah, you and I was left like, me on red intentionally because I wanted to seem cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was See, like, I oh man, I was like, I because you know, like, listen, I I'm out here with my Bravo opinions. Not everyone's all about my Bravo opinions. Some people yeah, are really anti me. And when they I've, see I'm coming on Watch What Happens Live, I get a lot of people being like, oh, no, not again. So I was like, oh, no, maybe they're like, not, at not all. about no. me. <laughs> no, you'll, so, you'll, fit, you'll fit right in with us, honestly. Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of people hate our opinions, too. So it's great. It's a great matchup. But we know that yeah. you, you've had a pretty crazy week. So obviously, you've kind of gone up the ladder. You were with Hoda, and now you're up with us. So, you know, you, you made this it to the top. We're week. happy you're here. But you know, this in is terms how of this dynamic is where duos. Yeah, as like in terms of dynamic duos, I went from Hoda and Jenna to y'all. Yep, to steal the, and shooter. The natural progression, honestly. You were at <laughs> Rockefeller Center doing a show, Hoda, Brav Bros. Oh, sorry, Danny Pellegrino today, and then the Brav yep. Bros. Yep. So yeah, welcome to the peak, sir. You've made it. That's what it is. <laughs> I, and now I'm here on Streamyard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. With the Just with the big timers. It. But uh, no, we're, we're super excited to have you. Um, I actually told my wife, I was like, yeah, Matt Rogers wants to come on. She was like, holy shit. I was like, I know, I don't get it either. But um, so a lot of people are excited. Uh, we are thrilled, but we're going to run through pretty much the same way we always do. And uh, I did warn you twice now. I said, look, man, the Friday episodes are a slog through. It takes a long time. It's three shows. We dive deep into each one. You said, I'm fucking ready to go. Let's do this. So yeah. talking about this, these shows are not a hardship for me. That which is perfect. So well, Bravo we doesn't do... make it easy. And um, Bravo, the way Bravo's schedule has panned out, it makes it very difficult for us, especially it on is. these Friday it's a shows. Job. And we it is. And we just found out that Southern Hospitality airs tonight, too. That's one of our favorite shows. So that comes back. Now we've got six shows to talk about. We're gonna be in hell through the holidays. So just everybody out there listening, just know we're doing it for you. Yeah, it's all for you guys at the end of the day, and we are going to even do our Rose and Thorn with Matt, and before we get into that, I do want to give you a quick shout out. I know you got a lot going on right now. You have a Christmas album right now. Have you heard of Christmas? I listened to it. I'm a huge fan of Rockefeller Center. Um, oh, was you. hysterical. Uh, I saw you perform it actually on the Today Show, so what yeah. else do you have going on? Is there something you want to plug for everybody? Yeah, so the album is out. Um, it's it's called Have You Heard of Christmas? You can get it on vinyl. There's a silver edition. You can get it at Urban Outfitters if you're so inclined. You can Ooh. also come see me on tour. I'm all over. 
I am um, actually performing uh, in Chicago. I mean, sorry, in D.C. this Friday. So when this comes out, uh, I'll be there tonight. And nice. then uh, I'm going to be in New York at the end of the month, December 23rd at Town Hall. So you can check out mattrogersofficial.com for all my tour dates. And, of course, my podcast is called Lost Culturistas. I host that with Bo and Yang. And new episodes of that come out every Wednesday. There you go. That's where you can find Matt. But without further ado, let's do some uh, some Rose and Thorn. And Shoots, why don't you start us off, set the tone a little bit here. Talk to us what's been uh, what's been making you happy this week. <laughs> you want me to start with my happiness or my sadness? Because I'll, I'll, I'll start with a little sadness and then I'll, I'll, I'll step it up and go a little happy after that. Because this yeah, one, you, cut, this stuck out to me because this is something that we've talked about before. Giving us four stars instead of five for something uh, that we didn't do. <laughs> This isn't our fucking fault, but okay. And this, I'm going to actually say the name for this one. It's Winners6931. Goes on to leave a glowing review about us. Loves us. Got into us after we were on Pink Shade for a little while. Talked about our opinions and our silky voices with faces to match. I mean, this this review had it all, right? No, we get four stars because we quoted Jalen Hurts and she's not an Eagles fan. That's not our fault. What do you want oh, us to do? We were born here. God. Yeah, so when those metrics come out, we're going to have to worry about a four-star instead of the five because we are fans of the Eagles. Sucks to suck, but you know yeah, what? That's, happens. that's what it's like at the top of the mountain. Everybody hates you. Um, my my rose is something that I did not realize. I did not know that people could just pay to leave comments on YouTube. So there's two people that left comments and gave us money in the process. I'm going to oh, shout them out so here. Nice. We had Guamissi7649 just said thanks and then sent us a little bit of money. And the other one was from Jill George, 7286, said thanks again and sent us a little bit of money. So, look, people are just paying us directly for our opinions. I'm just going to keep rolling. Yeah, I'll always read out a rose. We could be bribed. We're not above money. Um, oh, but... dude, all the time. We're on, Sutton, <laughs> we're on Sutton's payroll, right? And the Gorgas, <laughs> apparently. I think you might be on the Gorgas payroll, too, Matt. I have been told that I'm her. I I'm also a bitch boy. I didn't know she had more than one. You know what I mean? Like, that's a She's lot a of bitch boys bitch to cater boys. to. Also loved here, you know. Maybe that'll be my thorn. Never mind. Why don't you go? You go next, then. You're already geared up. Okay. Well, I'll just start with my thorn. Um, my thorn would be that I was on Watch What Happens Live with Melissa Gorga one time, and the comment that was made over and over and over again is, "He's always on with Melissa. He's Melissa's <laughs> other bitch boy. He's always on with Melissa." I've met the woman one time in person at that time i had met her one time in person i've since met her a couple times but i had met her once and i guess that's my thorn is like the tree huggers the Teresa fans like it doesn't matter if something is grounded in reality or not it's just nope. what they're gonna go with you know what i mean it's just it's, we had a rude awakening to because we started jersey our first show ever was beverly hills that was like a year and a half ago and then we did our first mm -hmm. run through of jersey and other content creators that we started to work with more people and they warned us a little bit. They're like, you know, be careful with the Jersey fans. We're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, wow. We had no idea. They're so mean. <laughs> they, are so mean. <laughs> they are so mean. And they also don't stop. No, they're you know what I mean? like, that's another thing is it's like they have a relentless uh, nature about them and all mm -hmm. the time in the world, I guess. But I would say my rose is that they will not get their way and I will keep getting booked on Watch What Happens Live <laughs> because they love me, okay? So no matter what you say, Daddy Andy likes me and they're <laughs> going to have to deal with my face for 
in some time. And I'll also be on New Year's Eve with them, Andy and Anderson. Uh, oh, so. you guys a let a drink buzz. on that? Yeah, what's the deal? I think I am. <laughs> you got to Andy go. some shots under go. the table. I don't know. I don't want to get him in any more trouble than he gets himself. <laughs> That's a good point. I love Andy. I hope he can drink. <laughs> New Year's Eve is always better with a drunk Andy Cohen. And I, like having him go on a rant about the mayor of New York was fantastic. Just like borderline. He's like browning out at that point, And then he goes on a oh, rant yeah. about politics. I will watch that. I won't watch sober Andy and sober Anderson Cooper stand up there and chit chat. I'll watch him drunk. That sounds like a no, good time. No, I think Anderson <laughs> is allowed to drink, but I'll also say we have an even worse mayor now. So I would love if they load <laughs> if they load Andy up with some drinks for this one because whoa boy, <laughs> we're lobbying for it. But uh, all right, let me go real quick. I just lost it. This dude comments all the time, but uh, oh, here he is. This is on X and. Um, this guy, I'm reading this not to give him credit, but I am going to read his name because he's a repeat offender. He's been our thorn a few times. It's Ryan Stoneman. And it says, I can't wait to listen to at Brav Bros podcast this week to review Beverly Hills. And I bet they're going to defend Sutton and trash Kyle rolling eye emoji. So here's why this is a thorn. It's not that big a deal. And if you listen to us, Matt, we try to stay neutral. We try to go week to week. It's fluid. One week mm-hmm. I'll be up on somebody, down on somebody else. We yeah. just go with the facts. Give me the evidence, and I'm going to base my opinion off of that. This guy yeah. continuously bashes our takes, but always listens. Yeah. So, like, I even reached out. I said, like, well, thanks for listening, at least. And he goes, oh, always. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what his approach is. I like it. I think it's fine. I, Look, yeah, I, it's you okay. can disagree with everything that we say as long as you're still listening. That's fine. Yeah, it sounds like he loves us. It sounds like it's it's an outlet for him. Uh, that, That's that, a good point. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. And better but, to use this as an outlet than other things. But, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. And my rose is this is a callback to last week's shoots because I got to learn all about Henry Kissinger last week because oh, yeah. I didn't know about him. I know, mm-hmm. and I know history and stuff. So I was a little bummed that I didn't get this reference from shoots. But this is a five star review from LEHB on uh, Apple, and it says. Rotten Hell Kissinger. It says one star for Henry Kissinger, five stars for the bros. Love your pod. So Amazing. fuck you, Henry Kissinger. We got full circle. We came back. I have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Well, I said uh, Shooter was doing current events. He does that every once in a while to like, mix it up. He's like, yeah, Henry Kissinger died. Rotten Hell. And I didn't know the background. So I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. He goes, oh, you don't know. And then he gave me the full run through. So I'm up to speed now. But uh, yeah, somebody yeah. said that we were laughing like Beavis and Butthead during that one. <laughs> probably another <laughs> iconic duo yeah yeah, yeah exactly you're you're in you're being mentioned in the same breath as legends you guys that's it's really true well <laughs> who's beavis and who's butthead oh uh, matt i'll first, be, I'll we be don't fine, even have right? time we don't yeah, have time don't... to get into it <laughs> yeah it's that's too deep of a conversation to have yeah, we're we talking got, about bravo we have so many <laughs> shows to get there so let, let's start out and uh we are going to start out with salt lake mm. and as we know, the highlight of the season or the focal point of this season has been Monica and all of her stuff going on. And then we also have the drama with Angie. But we start out and um, Whitney and Justin are packing for their trip. And we get the run through of there's been drama between Lisa and Whitney with everything that happened at Meredith's party the other day. Mm-hmm. And she's just giving her side of things. And I would love to know, Matt, like where you stand on this. Are you... Because the stuff that I've read with Lisa Barlow and people that are standing for her here, I don't really understand it. Because in this instance, when Whitney is upset because of what happened at that party, because she just lost her best friend to cancer and just wants somebody to 
She wants Lisa, her closest friend, to just comfort her a little bit. And instead, she goes to Heather. Now, Lisa's big defense is that she's walking on eggshells. Do you think that that's the case? Or do you think she's so far up her own ass that she doesn't really have time to console her friend? This is what I'm going to say. And I think this is, might be a little controversial. But yeah. Lisa reminds me of some people that I know who are just a little bit, a little bit, not not like on the spectrum, but just like a little bit like unable to tap into human emotion as easily as mm -hmm. other people. And I think it actually makes Lisa uncomfortable. I think that, that Lisa can actually be very quick to anger because she's not comfortable dealing with every single emotion. And when she does get emotional, it doesn't always make a lot of sense. I think that she's emotionally very different from a lot of these other women. I think that she's just made different. What we're real, what we're seeing here before our very eyes are two people who speak completely different love languages and completely different emotional languages. Whitney is the kind of person who wants to talk it out, who wants big hugs, who wants like eye contact, who wants all of that, who wants to go there. I think that makes Lisa feel really uncomfortable. And I think that Lisa probably was doing the best she could in her estimation, but obviously that was not what Whitney was looking for. Someone like, someone like really any of the other women are going to be better at dealing with, with Whitney in this moment than Lisa, especially when, you know how sometimes you have that person in your life that won't give you what you need. And so you want it from them the most. It feels yeah, like shooter. all of the women treat Lisa like that. Like they all want something from her that she can't really give. And so it drives them kind of crazy. And Whitney, who's already in a bad place, like less than a day after this girl has passed away tragically, she's going to spin out and like act out in that regard because she doesn't know where to put all of her emotions and her feelings. And what she really could say was like, what she really could say is like, I am too sad to be here. I am real. I really shouldn't be here. I'm going to go home. I know it meant a lot to Meredith that she was there, but ultimately her presence there was going to end badly. The second she got an excuse because Lisa is never going to be able to give Whitney what she needs. They're just made differently. I don't think Lisa is comfortable in this arena. That's my opinion on it. I think I don't necessarily think it's like a self-absorption. I no. think she just this type of thing she doesn't do well with. That's fair. I, I still think she's very self-absorbed, but that could also be part no. of it. I think the whole walking on eggshells thing is complete bullshit because when have we seen anybody say that they're afraid of Whitney? Nobody's afraid of Whitney. Whitney's been an after afterthought for three seasons. Now all of a sudden you're afraid of Whitney and you don't want to walk around her and you're afraid to disturb her. That's bullshit. I don't think it's that's she's a cop afraid out. of her. I think she's. I think that the eggshell thing is a cop out, but I think it's more saying I'm walking on eggshells because I don't know if you're the type of person that wants to talk about it. Do you want me to come over and console you? You're just trying to brush it under the rug and get through this party. I don't think she's like afraid mm. of like the wrath of Whitney because I, I think that goes more with what Matt said though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes with what Matt said then because even Lisa herself said, I don't know what to do in this situation. This makes me awkward. Yeah. I think both things can be true. I think that she is very self-absorbed, but I think that to Matt's point... We know point, that. Well, yeah, correct. But 
that's actually a really interesting take just because you see how she tries to it's almost like you can see her brain working in those situations like what to say next and it's never the right thing a lot of times yeah. it doesn't even track it's not even the same topic and then she gets upset overwhelmed then she storms off like that's what happens in this interaction whitney's scorned lisa's crying and lisa leaves so i, yeah. I actually yeah. like that take I think but, um, that she's moving frustrated. On. Oh, I, I think that I think there's some frustration there because you see, you saw what happened. Like as she was taking the mini the mic off, she actually had a mini version of what happened when she had the hot mic moment. And so like that she, she, she was having a breakdown. I think she was having a little bit of a panic attack, honestly, because she, she learned to take the mic off though. At least yeah. she learned to take the mic off this time. I want to yeah. know what she was gonna say if she left the mic on, though. We that need more hot mic moments from her. I think she could feel herself not being able to articulate or not being understood or not being heard or not being um, uh, seen in a positive light. And I think she had a freak out, which is what was happening there. I think. Yeah. I just feel bad for JB husband boss again, because this poor man just gets ignored <laughs> every time because she's having a meltdown and like losing her shit. And he's like, well, what happened? First of all, he goes, what happened this time? Like, what's what's wrong now? And as he's trying to comfort her, she just shuts the door and like walks in the other room and he's just left standing there as usual. Like, I'll just go fuck myself then. <laughs> I think he seems like a going. very emotionally simple person, which is probably good with Lisa because Lisa's so fucking much and doesn't make a lot of sense. And so he's just like receiving it. I, I think that's right on the nose. I, and I think he's perfectly happy being that guy i don't he doesn't seem yeah. like he's in a bad spot i think he's just like no nah, okay this is my life now whatever like, yeah but let's get to the trip and we're headed down to uh where are they going i'm stuck on jamaica because bermuda. they're going to bermuda bermuda my bad <laughs> they're going to bermuda and they're headed to the hotel and meredith has taken one too many xanax and had too many cocktails so she is so whacked out, but it made for one of my favorite scenes with Meredith ever because they get to the, the house, which is gorgeous. It's this beautiful mansion in Bermuda, and all she needs is a bathtub. She even makes that clear. Like somebody even asks in the Sprinter van. Yeah, Whitney Let's just make even sure Meredith gets a bathtub. Yeah. She doesn't get a bathtub. Everything goes. One of my favorite Meredith scenes ever is her getting glam in bed while getting an IV, just trying to figure out yeah. what the fuck's yeah. going on. And I guess my question is, if you guys were on the same trip and you knew one person needed a bathtub, and we know Meredith needs a bathtub because she likes to tow Seth's taint in the bathtub, <laughs> would you guys give up your room for Meredith in this same scenario? Need is an interesting word. <laughs> yeah. she, needs, she strongly she wanted it. a bathroom. She doesn't need a bathroom. It is not one. Of, it, it, this is not in my Maslow's hierarchy of needs bathtub does not figure in. Um, but honestly, yeah, I probably would have given it up, but, but also like, I don't have a skin in the game for drama purposes. I also think they knew exactly what would happen. What happened was it would get under her ass. She, she, and she'd be itching at it. You know what I mean? Like it's, and, and there we have it. Like, I just think they knew this was an easy way to get under merit of the skin. I, I think it's not more deep than that. Yeah, uh, I would agree. But just for the, the strength of the argument, I think I would have walked in. I would have seen what her view was because I'm a big view guy, not a big bathtub guy. Mm -hmm. And if it was similar, I probably would have switched. Yeah, but it's Meredith. So, no, I wouldn't have switched. If it was you, Steel, <laughs> I probably would have switched. You want to take a little soaking no, bath, I would switch with you every day. That's bullshit. No, you wouldn't. Have. Why not? But, what do you um, mean? I'm a good friend. 
you're a great friend, but I don't think you give up a room. I think big. Like, nah, my shit's already in there. Like that, nah, I'm not moving. Uh, but, that's true. Um, my stuff's already there. You're right. Exactly. See, they bring a so, lot of stuff too. It's not like yeah. one duffel they bag. Bring you know? Sixteen bags. I know, and yeah. they're all packed like a hundred pounds each. But the big scene here, I wanted to talk about. We get a juxtaposed scene between Whitney and Ange and Lisa and Heather, and they're all talking about what transpired at the party. But we get that scene with them, and we got. Lisa is defending herself and why she feels as though Whitney almost owes her an apology to Heather. And on the other side, we get Whitney talking to Angie about her side of things. My biggest thing here, it's not even about who's right and wrong in that scenario. We've already discussed that a little bit. My biggest issue with this whole thing is why is Heather clinging to Lisa now? Why is Heather thinking that everything Lisa's saying is gospel at this point? Like Shooter and I believe that she wants to hang out with the cool kid in the crowd. Last year, it was Jen Shaw. She was trying to suck up to her, make sure that they were friends because that looks good on Heather. Now she's hanging out with the cool kids. She goes to prison. Now she's left to fend for herself. And that was the best part is we get Heather untethered by Jen at the beginning of the season. And we get those glimpses of Heather that we all fell in love with early on. She's funny. She's got good one-liner. She kind of stays out of the limelight, but she's there. And now we see her, especially with the Monica stuff, like she's so far up Lisa's ass that it's starting to bug me a lot. And I think we're losing Heather to like, just go full force for Lisa, but I would love to get your take on it with these two, like the Lisa and Heather team that we're seeing right now. I think Heather's always had a thing with Lisa from the very beginning of the show. It's like I said earlier, it's like when someone doesn't give you what you want from them, you work harder. I think she's actually, even when she was upset about Lisa or in the earlier seasons, it was always disproportionate from like what was actually happening. Like for some reason, there is a jealousy thing and an envy thing with Lisa. I, I don't really know what it is, but they want her approval very badly and they want her friendship very badly. And um, it was just odd to me the way that Heather acted in this episode because she was really willing to like throw her friendship with Whitney under the bus to get even to, to even have a positive experience with Lisa. It wasn't even that big of a deal. She went out of her way to make things difficult for Lisa and Whitney, not because she wanted to say the truth, but because she wanted to cause discord in their relationship to solidify her and Lisa. It was weird. It was really it was bizarre because it came out of way nowhere. That it. You yeah, can feel not... how they're playing the game harder than anyone else, and it's the one thing about Heather that I'm like, come on, girl! Like, it's I should not everything she does makes sense, and that's a theme from season to season. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, like the biggest thing that we want from Heather is we see these little quips that she gives, and we see these little scenes where she is funny and she can care be completely carefree in a certain situation. And when she locks into these like battles with other people, it's so hard to watch because we know what she's doing. Yeah. She throws Whitney under the bus like once a season, at least, though. She thinks I feel like she thinks, you know, we're cousins. We'll always be able to get back at some point in time. But we're seeing a little bit of a different Whitney this year where she's standing up for herself. So I don't know if that's the same case anymore. It just sucks to see Heather doing this when we know she can be good as. Yeah, she's not going to be like the HBIC. She's not going to be standing in the middle with a snowflake every season, but she's going to be on the show and she can give us a different aspect of the show where she can keep things light and free when nobody else is. Nobody else is fun. Like nobody's relatable. Nobody's everybody's just like so fucking out there and none of their jokes are funny. They don't even get jokes half the time. <laughs> Heather seems to get it most of the time. 
And she doesn't lean into that. It's just so easy for her to do that. And she refuses to do it time and time again. And we're, we're just done with being disappointed by Heather, I think. I think it's a good way to put it. But the way that she phrases things intentionally, like you said, Matt, to, to throw Whitney under the bus, because she's she always frames it as she's trying to help in some way where she's like, oh, well, I heard you're having these great talks with Whitney and it's making you become a better person. Like Heather knows when you say that to Lisa Barlow, like, she's not going to be like, world. oh, great. Yeah. Like she's not going to hear it and go, you're right. Whitney has made me see the light and now everything's okay. <laughs> she's going to get pissed off. She's going to say, even if those conversations did happen, and I would imagine it goes back to your point of those being two very different individuals. They operate on a different wavelength between Lisa and Whitney. So I do yeah. genuinely think that when Whitney's having these conversations with Lisa, she's like, I am helping her become so much better. She's getting more open. She's not being so self-absorbed. And it's all because of the things that I'm saying. Whereas I think that Lisa in those conversations is not listening to Whitney. She's waiting for Whitney to stop talking so that she can say what she wants to say, as we saw with them when Lisa was at her house and cussing in front of her son. But I don't think that... Well, go ahead. The timing doesn't make any sense because everybody now knows that Lisa and Whitney just had at it at the end of Meredith's party. So why would Heather be sitting down now and saying like, oh, I understand that you're you're getting to be a better person because of Whitney after they just had a fight? She's only doing it for one because reason. She's just stoking the fire. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And that's the funniest part is because it leads to Lisa then immediately being like, no one's having influence over me. I'm not changing for anybody. It's like, shit, you should. <laughs> well, yeah. I just don't believe that Whitney said it like that. Like, I don't believe no that way. Whitney said to Heather, I am making oh. Lisa a better person. Oh, no I think way. That, I think that Heather's misconstruing it. I think probably yeah. what Whitney might have said to Heather was, you know, since I've become friends with Lisa, I feel like she's she's like a better person. Like, I feel like I know her more now. I get her more now. I feel like we can have conversations. The way that Heather's framing it is that Whitney by virtue of being friends with her is making Lisa a better person, which is like a crazy thing for Whitney to say. And therefore I don't believe that she said it as much as I could definitely believe that Heather would misrepresent something to play a housewives game. Yeah. Because she, we saw with the fucking uh, milkshaking when, mm -hmm. when, when Heather oh, pitched yeah. that insane game, about who would you throw off the Oregon trail or whatever the fuck I was like, what is, what are we doing here? <laughs> and then we're all going to act surprised that one of them, the newest one to the group, is freaking the fuck out? Like, no. Well, I, like, you did this I'm, on purpose. I'm under the firm belief that Bravo producers have these games ready to go. Where they're like, hey, we're going to do this one today because we have to start a fight. That's what I Oh, think. yeah. So I think the, the, these women are not clever fight. enough to think of these on their own all the time. There's no way. Yeah, but here's what I would say, though. If that's true and the producers are coming to you being like, hey, let's play this game. If I'm Heather, I'm not the one leading the game because I know they're going to say I, this about me. Yeah. I don't think she's self-aware. Let someone enough. else do it. I agree. You don't that think would she's be self-aware enough. Move. I think she's super self-aware. I, I think, think she's Heather's too self-aware. People on the whole cast. Oh, I do not think I'm not questioning her intelligence. I think yeah. that. Oh. What I'm saying is more so. I think that Heather in the moment during the show, especially while they're filming, I think she thinks she's making the right decision as far as gameplay goes. But I think that mm -hmm. once the season ends and she watches it back, she's got to be like, damn, like that wasn't the best look like playing that game. I think in the moment she's like, Ooh, 
I'm going to throw this out there, stir the pot a little bit. And then when she watches it back, she's like, oh, I don't look great. That's my yeah. opinion. On it's, it. it's weird with it, her this year because I feel like she actually was crushing it the first half. And then she started yeah, to slip into her old ways now. I think I was so enjoying her without Jen that now, mm-hmm. now that she's get back to her old ways a little bit of like being a housewife, capital H. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is not, it's doesn't, it, you don't do it naturally. Yeah. I don't think that the the issue with Heather isn't like the first comment that she makes, nor is it the game that she started. It's how she acts afterwards. When Monica gets yeah. all upset, she immediately goes at Monica and says, why are you being upset? This is just a game. Like, no, it's not. You know what you're doing. I don't really have right. any issues with her starting the game because we see this in every franchise. If it's not a game talking about what what's the most recent thing that you've stuck up your vagina, it's who would you throw off of the Oregon Trail? So it's we're used to this over and over and over again. It's when she then backs up Lisa, who she was just having a feud with about the Mormon church and about Jack going away on mission. Now, all of a sudden, she's back in her good graces. So she's going to defend her until the ends of the world. Mm. I can't stand yeah. those games. I wish they would just let them have dinner. Like, yeah, I, I just know. don't think we I, need those games. There's enough I, there. I, there's definitely enough there. So much My whole thing. is there. Why do we have to ruin every dinner? I would, I think that would be even more fascinating to watch at this point is a dinner that does not go off the rails where they all have a nice time and cheers. And then they're like, all right, have a good night, ladies. Let's all leave and go our separate ways instead of, oh, let's blow this place up. Poor waiters standing there trying to get their drink order and they're yelling at each other. And it's a disaster. <laughs> I would love to see one time or on the flip side, they should do it where the confessionals during the dinner are just the staff at the restaurant. For the interview, like, oh, oh yeah, that'd be the great. waiter and say, like, how are you doing with all this? And like, wow, like I've never seen this before. <laughs> yeah, but they get on the sprinter thing. van to dinner. Down. Yeah, you know what that'd be like, hysterical. Awesome but... is arguing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand how they do it. And the best part, like we saw it in Beverly Hills, we'll get there later, but like those dudes cooking the weed dinner. We got a yeah. lot more out of them on the side, which was really funny because they're like, dude, Denise yeah. Richards is smashed. And the one guy's like, am I supposed to go out there while I'm screaming? <laughs> yeah. yeah but, you used to get so good stuff on Vanderpump Rules, too. Like, there was an episode of Vanderpump Rules when I guess Carlton and Lisa Vanderpump were, were having a dinner at Sir and just like Stasi and like OG Katie, like coming in and out, mm-hmm. like being so scared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that, I think we need more of those scenes. Then the dinners would be much more enjoyable. But, yeah, we're on the Sprinter van to dinner, and that's where we get the resurgence of Meredith. She has risen from the dead. Uh, and do you think that she was actually that unwell, or do you think that she saw an opportunity to milk this because she didn't get a bathtub and she's going to use the Sprinter van as her coliseum to bring vengeance back to the group? This is a hard one. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like yeah, she was she was not feeling well, but she definitely. If if it if it wasn't that she wouldn't have immediately made it about that, you know what I mean? Like the second she yes. gets in the sprinter van, she's like, "Let me ask you a question," <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, well then now we know that you were leading into a little bit." Who has a bathtub there? Like you know what I mean? Like it's just like okay, so that's what this is about. Okay, for real, great. Yep. I think there's a there's but, a chance that maybe she just had a little bit of a bad reaction to the sleeping pills, sleeping pills that she had on the plane and the cocktails. And then she she kept saying she was cold. I I guess I believe her there. I don't I don't really know. I feel like she's going to take any opportunity to play something up if she wants to. She just didn't feel like island. being around. 
But you know what? I think it was she didn't feel well enough to be around the whole crew and film the whole day, so she just wanted to go take a little nap. Yeah. I think once once the medic, the mobile medic shows up, then it's like, all right, what the fuck's going on here? We got a mobile medic coming in. We've got the makeup artist coming in to do your makeup in bed before you get out of bed. None of it really made any sense to me, but she seemed fine during the conversation with Monica. So, I, yeah, she was definitely playing it up. Those IV drips are but miracles, though. They really they are. are. I see. I got sober before that became like a cool thing to do. So I would love to know the effects mm. of getting an IV drip after. Yeah, she had a mid hammered. midday hangover. That's what happens. That's all it was. That's what yeah. all I saw in that scene and her not going to pick a room when everyone was dashing for rooms. I was like, this is calculated. I don't care if she is yeah, can't see straight right now. She's using this. She's going to stand here and wait because she knows she's not going to get a bathtub. And now she's going to bitch about not having a bathtub, even though she was more than capable of walking around the house and finding a, a tub. I, I'm not falling for any of this shit. But we get to dinner. <laughs> ask um, someone to act- use their tub. You know what I mean? Like, they probably would have. I mean, like, just ask. I know. Hey, can I soak in your tub for two hours? Sure, go for it. But I do want to get your take because on the bus or the spinner van there, we do get a conversation between Angie and Meredith again. And I would love to get your take on the whole situation between those two. Just as far as, you know, Angie's still upset because of Meredith stirring up the rumors. Now, Meredith does this. This is her MO. She doesn't actually say the rumor. She tees it up so that somebody else says it for her so that she can kind of walk away from the damage. But by her implying, I can ruin her family, I can ruin this, and then using the scapegoat of anybody can technically ruin anybody's family. Are you team Angie or are you team Meredith? Are you team nobody? I will say that Angie has grown on me a lot this season. Most improved uh, from, of all time. Definitely. Yeah, I would say that beginning of the season, I thought she was very clumsy. The spread your legs thing about Meredith, like just the way that she delivered all that, like wasn't great. Like, of course, I appreciate her crashing the Trixie Motel uh, Palm <laughs> Springs trip because then we got Meredith at her most iconic in that third episode, all tricks, no trust. Hubs, um, yes. But the husbands. Um, the husbands. Uh, yeah, no, that was incredible. I would say as of this moment, so just to speak about what the rumors are about Angie's husband, Sean, mm-hmm. I think that even if it is true, these people are, are they they clearly have what whatever they're doing has another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Worked for them enough. And like, I just would feel uncomfortable wading into that. I think that if Meredith brought up a rumor and it was this Greek mob thing and not the husband, then she should just be clear now that those are both out there about which one it was. And I would love a more direct confrontation of meredith in front of everyone being like Mm. now that these rumors are both out there let's just say it like which one is the one that you heard so that we can talk about whether it's real or not like let's have a direct 
conversation. And then Meredith would probably excuse herself and, you know, act like she didn't know anything about it. But at least then Meredith would be confronted about it. Because right now what we're doing is we're confronting her about spreading vague rumors, but we're not actually saying what it is. Like you have to actually ask her about these things. And then she can't be like, no, or yeah, like she, she has to answer for it. Like she just, but when you say like this, you're spreading rumors, it's like, yeah, I mean, probably not more than anyone else. What exactly are you talking about? Like, I think that sometimes these housewives have like a fear of getting specific because they don't want to be the one that's caught in the soundbite. You know what I mean? I feel like Sutton is very much doing that on Beverly Hills. And, um, it's frustrating because like, let's actually say what we're talking about. Like has, has, has everyone on this cast heard all around that Sean is gay and fucks people, fucks guys in Salt Lake. Has people heard that they've had an arrangement or have they heard that they're Greek mob and their money is like tied up in the mafia? Like, what is it? It can't be all these things. It could be both. It it could be. You don't know that. If it's both, then slay. Let's talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just, I just they need their the own vagueness show. of the rumors and nastiness is too much for me at this point like <laughs> say what you mean someone yeah but you're never gonna get that need, no you need a garcelle on every show that's gonna just say it like not we don't have that on every show where someone's gonna be like this is what we're talking about and i think with meredith like shooter do you even think that she would say it even if you confronted her and said is this oh, rumor I, true I, is this rumor i think true? that I think that she's running that ghost Instagram account that keeps DMing people. That's what we're going to get to. And we can, I, um... I fully, I fully believe that it's just her doing it. So yeah, I think that she's, she probably takes every rumor that she hears as long as it's not about her or somebody that she likes completely true. And then she runs with it. And I think that that's been something that she's been working on for years and years. And now she's just manifesting it. Let's talk about that. Cause we already talked about the Lisa and Whitney thing. That's what blows up at dinner. I agree with you. I think that her reaction when they're going over. Yes, here's why. So they're chit-chatting about the DM at the end of the episode. Like, oh, I, you know, you got that crazy DM. I got that crazy DM. I got all these other ones after the fact. And Meredith, now she's playing coy. I don't know what you're talking about. I just, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm behind on my DMs. I'm behind on my DMs. I'm who the fuck says that? that? I'm sure so many people are DMing you. You're not behind. You're not, you're not ever going to get up on catch your up on my correspondence. Yeah, dude. <laughs> She wants she likes to say things that make it seem you know like she occupies a higher echelon. We know that. She does, yeah. but at the same time, like I don't think that's an upper echelon thing. I think that's a Meredith like let's just play this game real quick. Where what if she is this evil mastermind behind the scenes where she plays aloof and plays like she doesn't want to get involved with certain things, but meanwhile she's sending little DMs on the side from a burner account. I could see that, especially if it's about something. She's the one that alluded to the rumors, right? She said, "Well, we had the Jen Shaw exposed account before, right?" Yeah, but we—that was Angie. She K. knows that wasn't. Or, that sorry, was Angie, Angie K. H, but, Angie H. Angie H. Angie H. But now she knows that that—that's oh a way God. to do things. That's a way to get information out there. I think she. Took I don't the think. Playbook. No, Matt, I don't Matt, think you're not in trouble. Way. There's no way. There's. I don't think there's any way that Meredith is on DM with a burner account. DMing. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. It would, help. I think it would help their podcast. Look. Oh, that gets the numbies God. up. We have to see a goddamn Meredith Marks cookie every fucking show now where she pulls I it out of the bag. Of, it's cute, right? And then there's like the caveat. If you pull out a Meredith Marks cookie. Do you have one? 
I have Stop it. You have her sleep mask. mask. <laughs> yes, and let me tell you something. These are a godsend. I swear to God, I sleep better. <laughs> and they're satin, too. They're so silky. Wait, no, do I still get... People think that I'm not for real when it comes to me buying every Housewives product. I'm wearing Brooks Marks pants right now. They're incredible. <laughs> and I have these Meredith Mark sleepers. All right, maybe maybe oh. I'll take I'll recant my statement about the Meredith being behind it so that I can get some stuff. <laughs> I can't stand I'm, this I'm for real. because simply because of this, I get on a soapbox every week about how annoying it is that she has to market every scene, and you just marketed Meredith Marks on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Shit. literally endorsing. <laughs> yeah, hey. I can't fight that, but I guess to sum it up before we move on to Beverly Hills, you don't think that she has anything to do, even if it's she knew about, maybe she knows the person sending the DMs. You think she's completely absolved from this? I think that Meredith, I, I honestly think, okay, so I'll just say in terms of the Sean is gay stuff, I just don't mm -hmm. buy that from Meredith because Meredith is such a glad girly. Like she's like, shows up a lot for the gay community like i've met her at pride events i like meredith i just don't think that she's the kind of person who's made of the stuff that says your husband's a gay guy like and is cheating on you okay. with gay men i just it doesn't sit right in my spirit if i find out that that's true i'll be really disappointed so, but i just don't sure. think that's true do i believe so you that she knows rumors about Angie's husband. Yeah. I just don't think there that he's gay. I, but I, think I, I don't, she, I don't I, think she'd go there. I think she yeah. looks for specific evidence in her DMS. Like why, why is she even clicking on that DM of all DMS? Why is she even reading that one? She's got to get thousands and thousands of DMS a week when the show's running. There's no way that she's just going through. She's word searching specific people on the cast, looking for rumors and trying to you nail down. Meredith is that duplicitous? <laughs> you really, you do. Yes. Yes, I do. I mean, I know she didn't, she oh, forgot to hit record on the podcast, but other than that, you know, maybe she's just playing the game. You know, what I'll say is that hurt people hurt people, and she has been hurt a lot by these DMs. I'll say, like, like when they were attacking Brooks, like, when they were, like, her family has been, like, truly fucked up by these types of things, and so maybe she feels like she's justified in doing it back. I just don't think so. Mm. So you think that originally when she brought up the rumors on the first trip to the Trixie Motel, you think that she was alluding to the mafia stuff and then Monica just said the gay rumor instead? I think so. Okay. All right. I didn't. I, I think didn't, Monica didn't is the me. type of person to be like, your husband's gay. Oh, she, yeah. I, Monica. I just know it. Monica has been a roller coaster for me this season because in the beginning I was like all for it. And I thought she was great for the show and like. The more that's coming out with the beauty lab stuff and then the way that she's operating on the show, I'm starting to lean towards she's much more manipulative than I than I had previously thought. I was like team Monica early on, and now I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know. She's aligning herself with Mary and Meredith. Like, what an interesting crew to align yourself with as a newbie. Yeah, don't do that. I think that there's more to Monica than meets the eye. And I, I have a feeling that so, I have a feeling that, well, because you know that at BravoCon, like Heather and Monica are now in such a bad place 
that they couldn't even be around each other. So, and then that. for them to be first chair at the reunion, like, I don't think it's just the lawsuit thing. Like that doesn't just come out of nowhere. Something has to have gone down in the next two episodes. Like, yeah, and well, we get that. And for, yeah. for Heather to like feel this strongly, it has to be a major betrayal or like conduct issue. I just feel like we're about to get hit by by a sledgehammer with Monica. I feel. Well, we do get that scene from later in the season where it's like the most dramatic, like, oh my God, and like everything stops. And they said that is yeah. not about the lawsuit. They've made that very clear. So maybe she slept with Heather's ex-husband or something. Oh, <laughs> or her brother. Yeah, who knows? Or her brother. Does yeah. she have a brother? <laughs> who knows? Maybe she slept with matter. her brother. They've all got She's brothers still... in this state. A yep. million That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, they're Mormons. Bro- brother She's husband. got a brother. Yeah, yeah a brother. <laughs> We just Oops. soaked. We didn't they even have mommy, snacks. sisters, brother, husbands, m- grand step grandfathers. <laughs> yeah, you can marry anybody. Up. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's not. It's religion, baby. But um, moving on from that, we get to Beverly Hills, and uh, I'm enjoying this season. Shooters, so so in the season. How are you liking this season thus far? I love it. These are my favorite ladies. You want to know why? It's because I like watching them all individually as well as a unit. Yeah, um, I think that they're all like they all have star quality in a way that mm-hmm. I think I can't say for every other franchise. So I do, and I and I I think that whenever whenever Kyle is the focus of a season, I think it's a good thing because I do think that Kyle is the protagonist <laughs> of the show, and I think that people that have been watching from the beginning like have the most invested in her, whether you quote unquote like her or not, or whether you um, agree or disagree with the way that she does things. She is the lead of the show and the center of the show. And so I just feel like when the conflict surrounds her, it feels the most high stakes. I okay. think that's a I like good that. take. Yeah. yeah. Whether you side or the thing with me, when we started Beverly Hills, I loved Kyle. I had a crush on Kyle. She was my favorite by far. And then after last season, I, I did not like what I saw at all. Completely flipped yeah. this season. And we talked about it on our show last week. I'm in this weird middle ground now where in the beginning I was like out on her again. And now as I'm watching her go through this phase in her life, I'm trying to be a little more sympathetic to it because you don't make all these drastic changes unless something's seriously going on in your life. And, you know, you can yeah. point to the exercise and the not drinking and all these things that are positive, you know, healthy moves. But, you know, especially somebody that is, I'm five years sober now and like going through rehab and they teach you these things, like certain things replace the booze. And a lot of people, when we talk about this in our comments are like, well, she was never an alcoholic. And, you know, first and foremost, it's not for anybody to say who is or who isn't. But yeah. secondly, just because you're not a full-blown alcoholic doesn't mean you don't have a bad relationship with alcohol. And she's made it very clear. If I have two glasses of wine, I'm going to wake up depressed. And that leads us into this episode where it's like, I don't want to be depressed right now. So clearly she's in a place with so much going on, whether it's most centric or her friend committing suicide or Kathy icing her out. Like, those are major life changes all happening at once. So I'm trying to watch this season now from a lens of, okay, has she been acting erratic? Yeah. And has she been an asshole a lot of the time? Yeah. But why? I'm trying to give her some grace to sort of see it play out this year, because I think that especially 
in this world that we all live in with the, the Bravoverse, people are so quick to assume and judge and make their statement and drag people. And at the end of the day, a lot of people forget this is real life. Like these are real people. So I'm trying to not be as brash and as, you know, jump to conclusions with it. I want to see it play out and see like, okay, yeah, she's still married, but did Mo cheat a thousand times because that's the rumor and maybe she got fed up and now she's doing her own thing. Can you really fault her for that? And people are trying to, but I would love to know like your take on it. Like, how do you think, or what do you think is going on with her and how she's functioning so far? I'll just say, and first of all, God forbid this ever happened, but if my best friend had ever committed suicide, I would be way worse than her. And I feel like that is something that is not A, getting the play on the show, and B, is being remembered by the audience. This woman lost her lifelong best friend to something that can never be explained and can never be truly understood by people that aren't suffering with you know suicidal ideation or understand what that is like and so Mm. that is such a trauma that i think when you experience it it's like it's almost like the lisa and whitney thing you look to people to give you what you need and even when someone is really close to you, they might not be able to do that. And Kyle recently posted on her stories like, I do think Mo tried to be there for me, but I don't know that anyone knew how. And I think that what she was really scared about was this person who seemed well to her that she lived her whole life with all of a sudden did this. She's disconnected from her family. She's got her husband, but... Her kids are older now. They're not just in the house all the time. She doesn't have this to preoccupy with herself constantly. She, I think, had a really tough season on the show. It came back. She noticed that alcohol was something that wasn't making her feel good anymore. She met someone new. Whether that's romantic or not, we don't know. But that's also a change and will fuck with your head when you're married to someone else. Also, never mind that this person is of a different, is of the same sex as her. There's a lot going on. And I just feel like all of that together, she's actually done a pretty good job of showing up for the show. Like she was having fun in Vegas. I really didn't like the way the other women were like, we miss the old Kyle. We miss the old Kyle. If someone not drinking is a problem for you, that's a problem for you. Like, and to constantly make it about that is like really bizarre. Like as if our society isn't obsessed enough with alcohol. Now you're going to make it a plot point on the show that something's wrong with her because she's not drinking. That's super, super weird to me. And I feel like that's like really bizarre to me. And I feel like it's not getting called out enough because I feel like it's fun to be team Sutton. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's the cool thing now to be team Sutton all the way. And like, because Kyle had a rough season last year and I agree with you, she was not making the moves correctly. I think we sort of are like all team Sutton go Sutton. Yeah. Get her to say the thing, but this is a woman who's not in a good part of her life. Also to talk about this idea of Kyle doesn't like to share personal stuff. Shut up. She's been on the show for 13 years. She sh- she showed the rise and fall of her sisters and her relationship for years. She was on camera outing her sister's alcoholism and then had to deal with that. She We watched her kids grow up. Like over the years, we've seen her like 
be a total bitch on the show and then be totally victimized on the show, gain friends, lose friends, like put herself in the middle of things. Like she's the lead of the show. You might not like Kyle. You might not like the things she does, but she hasn't shared this part of her personal life until now because there's nothing been really wrong in her personal life until now with Mo. Now her and Mo are having problems. New things are arising. They're both changing. When she said that thing about how Mauricio still likes to be out late at night and like work for his business and she likes to be home, she's in her 50s. She's sober. She's, you know, she's in a different place in her life. She wants to wake up in the morning and go out. Even me in my 30s, like I'm becoming someone who likes to go to bed earlier. I like to wake up earlier now. You know what I mean? Like you change over time. But there's this like need for it to be a sinister thing with Kyle that I'm not getting from it right now. And I also think Sutton really gets let off the hook because she's fun and funny and because Garcelle is her ally. And I think everyone feels like to be like, fuck Sutton and Garcelle right now is like not a cool thing. But honestly, I'm watching the show and like, I think Sutton and Garcelle are being too much. That's that's personally how I feel. I think that's fair, honestly. And I, I think that the overlaying issue that goes in with this season is it's more of a frustration level. And like something for me is just, I'm a little frustrated because I'm foreseeing the future of this show and I'm looking at the rest of the season. Like, okay, we've got another, what are we on episode seven? So we've got another 18 to 19 episodes left in this season. Where are we going to get like, so far it looks like we're not going to get anything out of Kyle. And and look, I get it. I understand the personal issues. You got to remember that they're actual people too, but I'm worried that the show, the narrative of everything is going to just be circling Kyle and trying to get something out of her instead of even just trying to get a little bit of an escape to a different reality, a a little bit of an escape to a different storyline with somebody else. They're just going to focus in and hone in so much on that, that it's going to just play itself out within a couple episodes. And we're going to be tired of it. And I hold Beverly Hills to a much higher standard than any of the other shows on these on this network just because i know how great it can be these other ones like yeah miami's a nice fun show because look there could be a good storyline and maybe some of the girls are fun but there's nothing really there like there is for beverly hills beverly hills you could have a one-on-one scene with any of them like you said matt any single one of them could be a star and you can get into their storyline and really enjoy it I'm worried that we're going to do what we've been doing with Beverly Hills for the last two, three years and with a couple of the other shows and just get stuck on one thing and get absolutely nothing out of it. Because look, it's Kyle's prerogative. If she doesn't want to answer any questions and she doesn't want to go too deep because she can't handle it because she's got 15 different things going on right now, that's fine. From a real perspective, that's completely fine. But from a show entertainment value perspective, I don't want to watch it. Talk about it or don't, but then move the fuck on. And I'm talking to the producers, too. If she's not going to talk about it, move the fuck on to something else and let Kyle be. That's all I want from you. I need something that's going to be entertaining and not something in you know 12 weeks when Steele and I are sitting down. We're like upset that we have to even talk about Beverly Hills anymore because we're just done with it. So you're upset with Sutton and don't want to admit it. Me? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not upset with Sutton at all. You are upset with Sutton because what you're describing is a Sutton problem. Because the reason why we're at dinner doing this bullshit of Kyle, what are you not saying, Kyle? No, what are you not saying, Sutton? Say it. Why does Garcelle have to say it for you? Sutton is the one who's pulling Kyle into the room to get her to say something, but then Sutton can't say what it is. Meanwhile, on the side, Kyle is holding hands with Morgan Wayne getting tattoos. Are you not entertained? That scene no. was everything. <laughs> that scene was so 
bad for me. I was the most cringy. I love that. I was so that fucked me up so much. I did not like watching that at all. He really didn't. That was we creepy. Talked about it, it was creepy. It was creepy. I didn't I think didn't it was like, creepy. Oh, I, oh, yeah. This this fifty year old woman is sliding in my DMs and stalking me, and everybody's like, "Wow, good for you, Kyle. This is so much fun. I hope you're having a great time." It's like, no, that's fucking weird, man. I she thought it. Like my only issue, me, Morgan. The only issue I have with that scene is if you're playing up this to be a really good friendship. To me tattooing somebody's body is a very intimate thing like if, if it's two people that know each other like if it's a tattoo artist whatever but if it's somebody that you are close with and you allow them to permanently mark your body that's a much bigger statement than just oh i'm gonna do a fun little tattoo of my friend that was my only thing with that it wasn't even so much of an issue with it more so of the implication where it's like if you guys are trying to paint the picture that this is not romantic that's a hard sell when you're inking her body. That's a very different thing than, oh, let's go get a cute tattoo together. It's, oh, let me tattoo yeah. you myself. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. But, I uh, want to see Mauricio but... at this reunion. Uh, he needs I think to be. he deserves Mauricio yeah. at the reunion. I want to know. I want Andy to say, how did you feel when you watched the scene with him and Morgan? I think that we need that. We do. We definitely agree. need that. I, agree I don't think that, he'll get but... on, though. I mean, he went on if Dancing he, with the Stars. The man isn't afraid of television. That's a, good, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I think that if he has any care for his marriage and actually wants it to continue, he will show up at the reunion. I think if he does not, it speaks volumes to where him and Kyle stand. That's what yeah. I think. But I do want to talk about, we're going to kind of mishmash, or mishmash the episode together. But um, while they're at dinner, and obviously the Kyle and Sutton stuff, let's get into the actual fight itself because we're I'm sitting, and again, I'm trying to play neutral ground here, and we do like Sutton on this show, but we also call everybody out when they deserve to be called out. I don't have an issue with her trying to get info out of Kyle the same way I don't have an issue with Kyle going back at Sutton, like what's going on with you. My problem is... There's too much evidence, Kyle, for you to not address it. I'm not saying she hasn't done her job in the past. Like I said, she was one of my favorites for a long time. But we have all this stuff. It's it's right in our face. Even Dorit knows about it. And she's pretending like she doesn't know like what's going on. Like they haven't talked about it, even though she definitely knows what's going on. But whatever. When it's all in our face, the audience, and we're seeing you know pictures on Instagram, the wedding band change. And she's like, it's just a piece of jewelry. It's like, it is just a piece of jewelry until we now know you guys are separated. So clearly you were making a statement by changing rings. So there is merit to that. There is merit to you hanging out with Morgan Wade. All of these things hold weight. So instead of playing this game where we're dancing around the subject, Sutton included, why don't we just get to the bottom of it? Like you said, somebody call it out. Okay. Garcelle called it out. Even when it's called out, there's still more dance around. And then when you get Kyle one-on-one -on -one with an Erica Jane or somebody she's not feuding with, she is the one that says, because Erica's like, I don't think anything's wrong with your marriage. Kyle's like, no, there is something wrong. Like, no, it's, I already said, it's not great. What do you want from me? What we want from you, Kyle, is to talk about it. Okay. Just give us something or we're going to continue to speculate. And maybe she doesn't care. Maybe that's the bottom line. I don't give a shit. Speculate all you want. I know what's going on with me. But at the same time, would it not be beneficial to her? And I know if you're in the throes of all this, you're not going to make the most conscious decisions of what's best for you at the time. 
But at the same time, if you do air out your grievances or get it out there, even if it's one-on-one with Dorit, even if it's off fucking camera, but you have to address it. You can't keep teasing us with this. Then Sutton's coming on the other side of the table and like, what's going on with her? And we don't get answers to that. But instead we end up getting like hate fights where people are saying really bad things and calling out eating disorders, calling out alcoholism, calling out all of these like taboo things that we're not supposed to say about other people. It's now fair game because both parties refuse to talk about what the fuck's going on. All I want to know what's going on with either of you, but people need to talk. I don't think it's fair for us, the audience to sit there and watch them just do this game where they're just going back and forth, but not diving in. Yeah, I think this is a Sutton problem. I do, and I, <laughs> I love Sutton too. I, I, but I do think it's a Sutton problem. Um, and I, trust me, I'm not some like Kyle Stan. Like I've, I've had a love hate relationship with Kyle too on the show. But Kyle, every single time she's quote unquote tried to talk, I mean Sutton, every single time she's quote unquote tried to talk to Kyle, she does it in like a condescending way. She doesn't seem well. You know what I mean? Like. She has been kind of off the rails several times. Um, that scene where Kyle went over to Sutton's house, there was a huge tub of a cocktail in front of her. She had she she didn't seem right. Like she just didn't. And then she did that insane impression of Erica, and it became about a million things. And then at the weed dinner, Sutton was crossfaded as fuck and wasn't going about that in the right way and i'm sorry but if you want people to talk you have to ask direct questions and she wasn't doing that for such a long time that garcelle ultimately had to like inelegantly blurt it out because that's where we got ourselves and now here's kyle upset about the fact that it was blurted out by garcelle but if you want an answer to a question you do have to ask a direct one you know what I mean? Do you, like, do you think she would answer if you asked her directly, though? Because I don't think she would. We will, no, we will never know unless we try. Mm, that's well, a good to point. quote you, Matt, uh, to quote you on Seth Meyers, think politically, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Think politically. <laughs> I, I, my, my thing is just like, if it, it doesn't seem like Sutton has pure intentions while doing this. And I don't know that no. she doesn't have pure intentions, but it doesn't seem like that. Like I think Sutton Kyle... wishes that Kyle was her friend, and now she's realizing she's not really her friend, and that's what she's doing. That There's was my counter. Is this her... It's bizarre, but my whole thing, watching them interact with each other over the years, I always feel like Kyle's talking down to her. I've never really seen yeah. them in a scene together where I'm like, oh, Kyle loves this person. It's more so like, oh, I have to deal with this person. So is this Sutton's way of getting back at her now that, all right, we've finally got a bunch of shit to talk about on Kyle this season. I'm going to put the limelight on her. I'm going to get back at you and put your feet to the fire because you've always treated me like shit. And we're seeing Sutton kind of see instances this season specifically where it's like, maybe me and Kyle aren't that close. She even says it at this dinner. Maybe we're not as close of friends as I thought we were. And Kyle doesn't seem to be bothered by that at all. So is this Sutton's yeah. way of like taking jabs back? But it could be the Erica Jane taking a step back and no Rinna aspect. There's no bully in the middle yeah. that can, can stop Sutton. Kyle just goes back at Sutton, and then we're finally getting this headbutting match, which sucks to watch point. because you can't. I, I have no idea what either of them are saying at any given time. Kyle's rambling on about something and not answering direct questions. Sutton is doing God knows what the fuck she's talking about. I have no idea. It was pretty sick when she lit up that joint at the dinner, though. I'll give her that. She looked Loved pretty cool. It. No, I she mean, look, Sutton's sick. hilarious. Like, like there's so much to love about Sutton. It's just that, like, 
I don't understand how Sutton thinks she is the right person to get this out of Kyle. Clearly, that's not the case. That's never. Well, I don't think anybody else will. No, yeah, and I, but I also think like, then, then I don't know if Sutton is going to be the person that's going to be signed this test, then she has to be good at it, and she's not good. She is not. She does not know how to ask questions. Yeah. She's a little and Garcelle, clumsy. We do know I, that. I often feel like, like a lot of times throughout this episode, like I'll tell you what really was too much was Sutton being like, "You've already lost two sisters. Do you want to lose another?" It's just yeah, that's like, correct. I yeah, don't know. And I, I thought at that point, I was like, "No one's gonna say anything to her now." Re- remember, we're in Kyle's home. Like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like that at all. I thought that was fucked up, obviously. But again, then to me. The- it gets so hard with this show because of the hypocrisy. There's always, anytime we get a new feud, people take a new stance, but they have not done in the past. I mean, you could say the same thing, her going after Sutton about her drinking for three episodes, Kyle. But then you look back last year when Erica was going through it and she was getting drunk all the time. Kyle said, we can't talk about that. That's, we can't talk about Erica having a drinking problem, but Sutton, we can put her on blast for a drinking problem. Right. So like when we get down into the nitty gritty, You know what I mean? So it gets tough for me to I try to see these arguments without bringing the past into it, just because if you do, I think you get lost because you could at any point when these women are trying to defend themselves or call somebody out for doing something, they themselves have probably done it at some point during the show. But I think with these two, I don't know, at the end of the day, I'm not on a side. I think that this is been boiling Boo. over for a long a time <laughs> no i'm switzerland baby but it i think been it's been boiling over for them to get to this place it because is. i i yeah. have been waiting for sutton to realize kyle's not really her friend yeah like the I amount of times have. that kyle has thrown sutton under the bus it's just like i wish it would i wish that if she was going to vindicate herself she actually would instead right. of, mm-hmm. instead of like fumbling the ball this much she's fumbling the I ball so much and i will say like as as much as as heroic as Sutton can sometimes be, she she's such a fool in equal measure, which is what I think makes her such a great housewife because she I do think she's an authentic person, but to see she her is. leading the charge here is like, it's it's yeah it's not clean <laughs> yeah it's not the no, person that I would but, pick, but I think that it's gonna make for look it's gonna make for good TV watching her like try to step her way through this and watching Kyle try yeah. to defend it. But I do need to ask, what are your thoughts about Anna Marie, the new housewife? Because I'm not a huge fan, and I think she needs to take herself out of Kyle's butt. Uh, but what's your take? How are you feeling about the newbie? Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to reconcile her on the show right now with what I've found out about, like the allegations against her husband and Correct. what I've heard are pretty transphobic comments. Um, oh, I didn't see those. Yeah, apparently she had a lot to say about Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade's kid. Um, I just feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, on face value, I get her for the show as a friend of Kyle's, especially with Kyle's new lifestyle. Um, We'll see. I I, I don't know. I mean, she seems to have a bubbly, outgoing personality. Um, I think that Dunning is an interesting choice, like, which is what... (laughs) happens later in the season and marie says that thing like i made you relevant it's like we don't know who you are boo yeah like, how no, are you making no crystal idea. relevant also why I are they love introducing... if someone were to activate crystal i don't think it'll be her 
No, it's definitely not going to be her. But why are we introducing a new housewife in like episode seven? Like we had some shit to get through and now we're just going to throw her out there. I I don't think she's going to play a big part in this season at all. And based on what I saw, I agree with Steele. I think she does need to remove herself from Kyle's ass. The whole conversation, like she's an anesthesiologist and she's talking about Sutton's esophagus problem as if it's a completely made up thing. Look, maybe Sutton might be blowing it up a little bit and acting a little bit, but it's a real thing. And you're in the medical profession. You should understand what's going on. And I, she had looked like she had no idea. And she was just a yes man to Kyle. So I hope that doesn't continue because right now, right now, Kyle needs that. Yeah, she wanted to say the word I think she wanted sure. to get get on TV and say the word sphincter because it would be funny. That's what I think. Probably. We got an email okay. from one of our listeners that said the subject was small esophaguses are a real thing. And she yeah. has this disorder where she can't swallow. Yeah. So she was very upset. And then you see Anna Marie on TV, who's a medical professional, which is alarming, saying that that's not a thing. You chew strawberries and swallow them. I was like, how is that your diagnosis? <laughs> That's not medical at all. Like, they, no, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of hers. I don't think she's great for the show at all. But I mean, hey, if Kyle, maybe it's simply because I don't think Kyle they needed support. a new person. Like, you don't need somebody to step in right now. You just leave them alone. See what the show is without Rinna. You've got a new Erica Jane who is just having a great time, which I'm having a great time watching her. And now you just throw somebody else in there. Like, we don't need that because Kyle's going to lean on her to be a yes man the whole time. And we're not going to get any authentic stuff out of her, I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree I, with that. I don't understand them adding a new one either. It feels mm. weird. But whatever. Speaking of new, not new, but coming back to the show, let's talk about Denise because she looks great. She looks like she's doing really well. So let's discuss. Which, which day? <laughs> <laughs> which time Either is that? Day. The first time she was, even when she was normal at the lunch i didn't think she was firing all cylinders but when she was at the house i don't know what she was doing before that party but my god i felt uncomfortable watching it honestly i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it was ketamine i think she was on ketamine it looked like she was having like some weird out of body experience and just fucking out there and she had no idea where she was that's the only thing or maybe she was gonna say that I've done ketamine enough that I know that like it goes away. Like it, and she was like that throughout. Like I'm I mean, just trying to wrap my me. head around it. It she, felt like, like pills to me. It felt like maybe she took like, like maybe like maybe she had like a Xanax and then drank and then had the weed too. Like I, I just feel like you have to remember like she's coming in. The last time she was around these women a lot, they were really like dogs with a bone about the brandy stuff, which I don't think happened. I I, I really don't like. Oh, really? I you don't believe Denise about that? Yeah, I do. Um, I just think that like she might have been nervous and like overcorrected in terms of her preparation for the event. Let's call it, <laughs> and then got there and was like a little too lubricated socially. And um, you know, I think that especially when Dorit was like, "Your jacket's upside down." She was like, don't do, don't this. do this. I know what you're doing. Don't, don't do, do this. this. Don't, don't do this. this. She was, and also Stop the it. way she broke the fourth wall right away. Like she's coming I in that, hyper actually. aware of the cameras, which makes me feel like maybe she overprepared in terms of substances and thought she could get away with it because everyone was going to be high, but it just felt weird. Yeah. She didn't even I eat the weed the there. She got, she got zero milligrams. Smart. Yeah, I don't know. Good move. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't want to do see. I kind of want to see what she would have been like if she had a little in there, maybe a little fiber. She would have been asleep. She would have been incoherent. Her, her Dorit's one, that one gram of THC is really yeah, going to get you yeah. going. But, 
<laughs> but anyway, let's move on and finish the this one up. gram you know, thing. I was like, you guys, come on. If we're going to do this, let's do this. Yeah. Like, what is Even one gram going to do? Nothing. I was like, you guys, no. you guys are so lame. Especially when they're sitting there talking about how high they are. Like, I'm feeling it. I was like, no, you're not, you Give nerds. Like, no one's feeling it. Give me a 20 or a 30 in there and then we'll talk. But yeah, the did, last Cynthia have, <laughs> did Cynthia have five? I think someone Cynthia had five. five. Cynthia had yeah. five. Good for her. Uh, I think I think Erica had ten. Did I want to say oh, she would be ten. Yeah. Yeah, but she, yeah, she I was, was, she was having I a great time. By the way, if you gave me a list and told me pick how much THC each one's gonna have, I think I could have gotten it close. I'm pretty sure I would have picked to read it like one or two. There's no way she was yeah. going more than that. Yeah, Erica no would have been the highest. How it actually works. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. I'll take one THC, please. Just, just one weed. Thank you so <laughs> one much. THC. Yeah, just give me one weed. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about before we move on to Miami is just the Dorit and PK conversation because I think that we are seeing in real time this relationship unravel, so to speak. And I think that for me, the confessionals are actually how Dorit feels. And then when we yeah. get to the interaction with PK, it's always lovey-dovey. Like, there, it just seems so faked. It doesn't seem real. And I think the underlying issue of all of their relationship trauma is the break-in and the, the lasting PTSD that Dorit's having with this whole thing and not feeling comfortable sending her kids to school. Do you feel the same? Is this a long time coming? And like on TV, are we getting an overproduced relationship between these two and behind closed doors? It's, it's maybe not wildly different, but a different scene. I think it's similar to the Kyle and Mauricio stuff where Dorit has been through a trauma that her husband now doesn't really know how to handle it. And um, I think even if he tries his best, he's going to be frustrated. And I think PK is kind of a diva. And I think when he's not, getting his way or if he's not like understanding something he's going to be like stubborn and a little bit of a brat about it i think they're both kind of brats and yeah. i think they're both stomping their feet at each other right now i think that she needs to let her kids go back to school and i think yeah. she kind of yeah. told on herself by being like you have no idea what that was like like I, I, like i my kids lives ended in front of me i had a moment where that really happened like she's kind of telling on herself and i think that pk um, is probably not the person to talk sense into her. I think he can say what he feels and then he can be like, we need to speak to someone else about this, like a therapist or like, you know, we need to go into a school and ask what they can do because I feel strongly our kids get socialized and you do have a vested interest in them staying home that might not be healthy because even you know you've been through something tr severely traumatic. Mm -hmm. So right. I do agree with him that the kids should go back to school, but I understand where she's at. I just think it's frustrating because they're going to end up taking it out on each other when like, I think they're both to be understood, but can't understand each other. Like I, I, I hate to see it, but um, I just wish that they would get the situation mediated. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that would make sense. And I, I agree with Steele. I feel like we're kind of watching the downfall of their relationship on TV, which is rough to even watch. But 
I don't even want to take away from what Dorit's going through because we talked about it before. It's tough when we watch these episode to episode because it feels like so much time has elapsed since that break in. And we even did it last year. We were tired of hearing about it in like 12th or 13th episode when in reality it was like two weeks, three weeks. So like she's obviously all right to do that, but it's tough to watch PK belittle it and not even show her any sort of care. And look, maybe off camera for the last year and a half, he's been sitting there and he's been trying his hardest, but it just doesn't seem like he's trying at all anymore. And he's just kind of resting on the laurels of, well, you know, we've got these kids and we got to make sure that they go back to school. And then obviously I overheard your conversation about one of them going to college and you're going to be there and you're not getting married because mommy's going to be living on campus. All of that actually resonates with me for Dorit. That is a huge Dorit thing. And I see that through and through. It's just tough to watch them not be on the same page and try to fake it with this lovey-dovey bullshit, calling it every like pet name in the book. I don't really want to watch it, but I do think what they're doing, yeah, bubblish. And I think that what they're doing is, and PK PK super aware of this, which already knows this is you already know this is what's going on. He knows what's going on with Kyle and Mo, so they're looking at it like, oh, our relationship's not that bad. But in reality, it, it's just as bad. It's just in a completely different way. And I feel like they're completely just ignorant to the fact that we're watching this like, this doesn't look good, guys. And now, obviously, we know what we know and they're they're doing what they're doing. But it's it's just tough to watch on TV every week. Yeah. And I think that I, a, a big uh, th- – oh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, I mean, I, I just, I'm now thinking about the Pretty Woman dinner and I'm like – Yeah. Dude, that, was that hard. whole thing – what I said to Shooter when that happened, that was not a romantic gesture. That was a fetish by PK that he wanted to play out in real time. So he put that on. Yeah. That had nothing to do with Dorit. Especially that was his like, cameras. oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dress my wife up as a hooker and go down to the Beverly Hills Hotel and have a run through. Like that's all she, that was. She didn't even know the movie when it was brought up. She had to, she guessed like three other different movies from the eighties. So yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, because woman. who would guess that? Like who would be like, <laughs> oh, oh, you're, oh, you have me playing a hooker. Okay, sick. <laughs> prostitute scenario <laughs> like i know julia roberts is america's sweetheart but the movie is what it's about like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that, that yeah. whole thing was crazy to me but i think again like when you get to the confessional when she says things like you don't know what it's like day to day like what these kids need and this and that i'm like that's real that's you actually yeah. venting like my husband's yep. not here to support so during the scene when we watch you two like getting along i'm like this is bullshit like you guys are not in this place and mm-hmm. then they use Kyle and Mo, and they talk about them on screen. Oh, they're not doing well. I heard they're not doing well. It's like, yeah, stop using that because you you're derailing. You're trying to deflect from your situation. But yeah, I think they're in denial. That's that's who Sutton yeah. should be targeting with the <laughs> yeah, denial. Yeah. Like D word. That would be a fun if she just threw that out there. But the last thing, um, what do you think about? Do you think Kyle brought Kim on because of the the sister comment, and then she used that immediately after the fact? To be like, no, I'm cool with Kim at least. I didn't either. I saw that one pop up. I, I don't want to think that. And I actually enjoyed this scene. It was nice seeing those two like have a kumbaya moment a little bit. I did too. I, I, I liked that too. I mean, and I also think that we kind of know that Kathy and Kyle do men fences because they've been seen and spotted together now like mm-hmm. as of late like recently supporting each other and i know that kyle has met paris's kids and stuff like that so i'm happy to hear that ultimately things go good but i really liked seeing kim i i yeah. like that she's doing a lot better it's great that she's painting the paintings were actually pretty good i mean you yeah, know i think but in my mind i'm trying to picture I mean? like, i'm trying to picture walking into that house though i mean like oh 
you painted your walls. I know it's it's got to be in certain rooms, right? It's not like in the living room or the dining room. I can't. I, I think I hope, I hope not. Yeah, I, I hope not. Everywhere. Tim Richards alone during the <laughs> pandemic finding painting is something that goes <laughs> yeah. all over the place. I, mean, I, I, I want to see. I, uh, I, I think what you're talking about, where people are talking about Kyle bringing Kim in immediately after the sister comment, that's just people having a vendetta against Kyle right now. People are just no, going after her for nothing. Calculated. Like, no, it's exactly. it, and it's not. I, I think I think what we're seeing is we're seeing Kyle in real time. We know all the shit that she's going through. She's having issues with her sisters. She's having issues with Mo. She's having all these issues across the board. We're watching her try to reconcile some of them. I mean, she just lost her best friend, and now she realizes, I need to stop fighting with my sisters. Let me reach out to Kim. Go on yeah. a hike with Kim and bring Dorit, because Dorit's going to be super positive the entire time. We know that. I think that was just written in there because Kyle wants to try to mend fences with as many people as she can because her life is in a spiral right now, and she doesn't know what to do. It, it could just be as simple as that. There's no chance that she a day or two later said, I didn't like that comment that Sutton made. So let me go reach out to Kim and then Kim obliged right away. That it just it doesn't add no, up for me. That obviously that mm -hmm. also obviously was not their first time seeing each other. You know what I mean? Right. Obviously, there have been yeah. other times. And I also think like I would imagine that Kim also knew this woman, Lorraine, who passed away. And I would imagine that like what like when something really tragic happens. You reach out to people that you care about. You put right. things aside. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe they are getting some perspective as a family. So many of the things that they fought about were real, but so many of them were so stupid. Like, ultimately, this Kathy and Kyle fight from last season is pretty stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but and it's Kathy... like Lisa Rinna. Like, you know, you know why it happened. You know what I'm saying? It's like exactly. But that's the the hardest part, I guess, with this scenario is you're dealing with Kathy. Kathy's not going to be wrong. Kathy's not, she's not going to cop up to her shit. Like she's Kathy Hilton. She doesn't have to. Yeah. And she's always yeah. going to maintain that level of upper echelon where she's like, she doesn't yeah. have to bend the knee. Even when she's wrong, I can't imagine having a sister like that or trying to no. make amends with somebody like that. So I do feel for her there. And yeah, at the end of the day, this was just a nice scene. I, I don't think it's any deeper than that. It's nice to see her actually have a moment where it's like, all right, Everything sucks, but this was nice to see. At least Kim's back in the picture and a, a flourishing artist. So a lot of good things in that scene. Yeah. But <laughs> but the last thing we got to do, we got uh, one more show. Are you still holding up, Matt? You still hanging in there? I'm doing great. Perfect. So the last show, I got to get to my soundboard because we got to do that. Uh, I wonder if we're going to hear it. I don't know. Because we're in. I don't even know what's going to work on stream. <laughs> I'll do it, man. That's awesome. It worked. It worked. Oh, you guys heard it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear yeah. it. Did you actually hear yeah, it? That was it electric. Worked. Yeah, we heard we it. it. Yeah. You guys messing with me? Did you no, we loved it. No. Act like it worked? <laughs> <laughs> no, we heard it. We heard it. I don't believe you. But we're in Miami, and we're starting out at the party, and uh, – I'm so excited that we have you on to talk about this, Matt, because you're a singer and you're a very good singer. So I want you to rate you. Julia's performance because, and Shooter will tell you, I'm the emotional one of the group. This was one of the most beautiful scenes I've seen live in anything. This was so genuine and heartfelt and I teared up. I was sitting by myself watching this at home and I was like choking up as my wife was like walking out the door. So I don't know if she saw me crying. But I cried at this because 
It was beautiful. <laughs> like it was so sweet. But her performance, as far as I can't imagine how difficult it is to learn how to sing opera, especially if you're not an opera singer. So from a professional singer standpoint, how did she do? Uh, well, here's what I'll say. I don't think she has a future as an opera singer, but I would also say that's not important. I always say about singing, it's not about how well you sing. It's about how much you want to sing. And oh, nice. it's about the place that it comes from. And it's about the expression. And it was a true expression of love and devotion. And I think by that measure, it was a smashing success. I would say brava. I said the only critic that mattered here was Martina. And her eyes were full of tears because she knew what Julia was doing for her. And she knew that it probably took a lot of preparation. And she also probably knew it took Julia out of her comfort zone because she said she was very surprised by it. So I, too, thought it was a beautiful moment. I'm happy that we're done with the narrative of seeing her prepare for it. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But I will also say I loved Adriana accompanying. I thought she, yeah, was, she was so great. great. Yeah. And I would say overall, this storyline was very winning and very positive for Julia. Very positive. Yeah, we need more of that. Yeah, just a, but I like it because it's it was a couple episodes. We get the climax. It was good. We're moving forward from it until we get and to Larsa singing it in the car. She, I thought her dress was beautiful. She she's gorgeous. Like she's just she's such a beautiful person. I think I just I I'm just always happy when she's on the screen. And some people say she doesn't do enough for the show. And I fuck off. I think Julia is fantastic. She, her she life doesn't is do like enough a for the song, show. And Stop she it. always sings with pride. There are there are yeah. multiple people I would kick off the show before Julia, but she doesn't do it after the show. Really? Yeah. There we go. Ah. I, I would know, kick, look, uh, man. Matt, Matt, I would kick off Adriana first and then Marisol right afterwards. Oh, Adriana is so important. No. Why? She's annoying. Why Shooter. is Adriana important? <laughs> no <laughs> way. Adriana's the Why? also. I am done being susceptible to your poison. I am no longer susceptible to your poison. She I tries so hard. You were saying she tries things so about me hard. because I was flatulent. <laughs> this is the this is what we need. I could have broken my leg. <laughs> How dare you say can, no, Adriana? You can you be Adriana for the rest of the show? Just voice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. You know um, what, Steele? I am no longer susceptible to your poison. <laughs> <laughs> Marisol well, that's really good that's a really good impression um, you just made me lose track <laughs> oh <laughs> let me let me. that's what we need Adriana as the agent of chaos <laughs> that's if she is I am actually with Shooter here I, she can go but I'm glad that you stand so strong for <laughs> you her absolutely insane we're not what is she doing I like, I like that this show started this show this show started with Matt <laughs> saying that do? everybody. Because she plays piano. What can't she do? <laughs> oh, okay, God. let me get to my point before I lose it again. Larsa, that's what I want to talk about. We got to talk about oh. Larsa and the Gertie situation because, good Lord, I cannot imagine fucking something up so bad as to outing somebody's cancer diagnosis and then having the balls to try to back it up that you're in the right. This entire scene, everything I've seen from her this season, she's one of the most unlikable characters and people I've ever seen. 
Like, I don't know how she goes to bed at night. Like, it's crazy to me. But I want to get your take on this entire situation. Well, she has sex like, four uh, times, and then she gets really tired, and then she goes yeah, to bed. Yeah, I think she gets dicked down yeah, and she gets... can barely use her brain. And then Time out. She wakes let's, up let's be still real. unable to use her That's brain. That's why she wanted Marcus to go to, uh, where they go, Palm Beach, so that she could sleep better. If she yeah. doesn't get dicked oh down God, a couple that's... times, she can't sleep. That's that's her ambient. There we go. Yeah, I here here's what I've had to really question myself about with Larsa Pippen. Is she that dumb or is she that mean? Both. And I honestly think no, I think it's the mean it's a mixture of both. Because to be so emotionally unintelligent that not only do you completely disregard the request to keep this private. But that you don't just intuit naturally that this is going to be something she'd want to tell people herself on a reality show. And not forget about regular life. They're on a reality show where she might want one of her things on her in her story to be sitting down with her friends and telling them this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is like an emotional moment that we then did not get to have on the show. Larsa mm -hmm. completely co-opted this very meaningful moment in Gertie's life where she is facing something mortally perilous. And now that narrative has completely been taken from her and made about someone else. That yeah. is so narcissistic. It is unkind. It's cruel. It's larcissistic. It, it, it's larcissistic. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? I love wordplay. Yeah. Yeah. That is really good. I think we yeah, just found a new word. Shit. Really good. Yeah, we better get it. No, she'll do it. She'll sell it as podcast merch. But my thing is just like, like it's just so, it's 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 thoughtless. She is yeah. thoughtless. Yep. It's it's careless and dangerous almost. Like I can't stand the fact that she. Again, like the doubling down of it's the craziest part to me. And that's just the MO of her, I think. Like she gets backed into a corner and she can't be wrong. It's like if you can't look at this scenario and just see what you did, all you have to do is say sorry. And that's what Gertie says later. I need an apology. I don't need a I felt this way. So I did that. I don't need a, I was trying to rally the girls. Guess what, Larsa? At the end of the day, it's a fucking cancer diagnosis. The girls will rally when Gertie tells them what's going on with her because they're her friend and she has a disease that could kill her. We don't need the Larsa fan club to come up and hype her up before she's ready. That's the other part of yeah. it. She might not be ready for people to know because it's going to change yeah. their view and opinion of her. And maybe she doesn't want to be the sympathy case where everyone's trying to make sure that Gertie's okay all the time. Maybe she wants to deal with this in her own way. Whatever the reason it's her news to tell. You don't out somebody's cancer diagnosis. That's nuts. But Lars is crazier to defend it. Go ahead. Lars's thing about how she wanted to tell her friends before she got the chance, because what you didn't tell me not to tell anybody. The first people that Lars had told were Lars's friends, not the group mm -hmm. on the show. She, so she told her two or three friends that walked into that party before anybody else. So no, you didn't want to tell the group of friends because you were wanted to excuse Gertie from having a difficult conversation or you wanted the girls to rally behind her. You already confirmed that you told everybody because you wanted them to feel bad for you because you had a bad yeah. day. You had a nervous day because you talked to one of your friends who has breast cancer. That's fucking insane. That's so <laughs> ridiculous. You need to go no further than when Gertie told Larsa 
Larissa's reaction was, well, how am I supposed to know that? How yeah. am I supposed to know that? And then also it's a bold-faced lie that you were saying it with good intentions because we have on camera you being like, well, I went to go talk to her and then all of a sudden she's like, I have cancer. Like we yeah, saw right? you do it repeatedly. So mm -hmm. there's literally, there's literally no defense for your defense. Not forget about the indefensible behavior to begin with. If there is your your defense of your own behavior is also now like digging a further grave. But I wonder if with when, with someone like Larsa who is so narcissistic, if it <laughs> even matters that she's caught in these serious web of lies because she's not the kind of person who takes oh. accountability anyway. She doesn't so give a is shit. Is this just going to get more and more frustrating? Probably. Yes. I think yes. so. Yeah. I think it's going to end up where she is just, she's going to end up being pissed off and wanting an apology from Gertie for dragging her character and calling her a yes. liar. When we watch yep. her, how nuts is that? We watch you lie. We watched. This is what doesn't like ever, ever resonate with me. And I'll never understand it. These women have done this for a long time. How do you not know that there's a fucking camera? We're going to go back and watch. The craziest thing with Larsa, though, is she's going to watch that scene where she lied. And she's still going to say, that's not what I was saying. That's not how I yep. meant it. I'm not lying. She took it the wrong way. She's, but you already think she's never going to take it. You already see Lisa defending her on their way to Palm Beach. What Immediately. Is that? I, I, Lisa I knew Lisa anymore. knew when she sat down with Gertie on that boat and she didn't reveal that it was Larsa that told her she knew better. She knew that Larsa was in the wrong by telling her in the first place. And yet a couple days later, here she is defending Larsa to Gertie. No, that doesn't make any sense. Larsa yeah, is so like in Lisa's head. And you could see that when Lisa shows up to this party after the police were called and there's the whole Lenny situation, Larsa immediately pulls Lisa away to the bathroom where cameras can't go. Let me hear the story first. Before anybody else hears it, let me hear it first. So that then she can come out and she knows all the details before everybody else. That's just who she is. Yeah, I feel like... um they were just gaslighting Gertie. Like yep. all they all needed to do was all get on board and turn to Larsa and be like, Larsa, you were wrong. That's yep. it. Like, and I have to say, Lisa trying to play middleman here is completely forgetting the fact that Gertie has fucking cancer. That's yep. what's important. Like the fact that we're even talking about the Larsa of it all is shitty. Like Gertie has cancer. There literally has not been a moment where that group has been like, hey, we're so, anything we can do, we care for you. Like, Lisa got that when she revealed her divorce or that, that she revealed what was going on with Lenny. Yep. Like, Gertie has not had that. And I can't help but feel like it's another situation where a black woman gets upset and these women just, like, shut, just try to shut it down or they try to, they try to make it less. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it it's just like and Gertie felt completely alone and had to leave. And she had a few people being like, You are totally within the right, but she had very few people being like, No, this is what's happening. We are wrong. We are not handling this right. Do better. Like you need to turn to Larsa and you need to shut down the bully in that situation. And they were not doing that. Nope. Nope. Not at all. It's actually upsetting to see. And of course, Julia is one of the ones on the right side saying you don't even apologize get out of here i totally get yeah. it see ya. adriana sees through the bullshit which is shocking like she's even 
like gets that this is a crazy situation. I don't see a world in which this gets resolved amicably. I see it that if Gertie wants there to be a relationship with Larsa, and this is insane. The fact that I have to say this sentence is insane. I do believe if Gertie wants any kind of relationship with Larsa in the future, Gertie's going to have to eat some shit here. And Gertie is the one with cancer and Larsa is the one that fucked up, but there's no way Larsa makes amends with her based on Larsa taking any accountability for what she's done. And that sucks. Yep. And I hope that Gertie doesn't play that game. So stressful, so dark, so the opposite of what Gertie needs right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's such a like nice person. Like she's so yeah. great. Like I love Gertie so much. So like to see that shit, like of all the, not that anybody obviously deserves any kind of thing like that, but to see her go through it and she doesn't say mean shit about people is just the so worst. Unfair. But so unfair. The last part of this, um, I do want to talk about Lisa real quick. Do you feel for Jody because of how often she brings up Lenny? Like, there's a there's a fine line between where I do agree, and I brought it up with uh, Travis and Gina in OC, where if you are somebody's significant other, you should be able to discuss with them things that happened in the past if you're going through a thing with an ex or an ex-husband or an ex-wife or whatever to a certain extent. I do believe that there needs to be open communication. That's your person to lean on. Hey, I'm not doing well right now because of this. And it's because of my ex. Can we chat about it? Sure. When every single conversation comes back to Lenny, do you feel for Jody and is Lisa talking about it too much with her guy? Well, I think that um, Lenny is legitimately the cause of every one of her daily stresses. And I think that that is what she is legitimately going through. So in the spirit of open communication, like if I were a partner to someone, I would want them to be honest with me. Is it going to wear on him? Ultimately, yeah. But, um, you know, I almost feel like I would rather someone that I was partnered with, like, really tell me what was going on Mm. than feel like they needed to hide from me at all. And she has a situation that is obviously really extreme. Her husband, her ex-husband, her husband is a fucking douche canoe. Psycho. Like, and he's like a sicko, and like he's betrayed her, and like has to be around her children. That's another thing. Is it's like she's a mother first and foremost, and this guy is like fucking with her in that regard. Right. So, mm-hmm. part of me feels like, of course, like I want that honesty, but also like I do think that her friends you know, like Marisol included are coming from a good place. And I, I get what they mean when they say like, you can't talk to him this much about this, like get a therapist. I think Lisa said she didn't have a therapist. She I did. Think she yeah. Did so. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. She needs to get a therapist. Like, yes. cause I also think that would help immeasurably because she, because I think that she would exhaust herself with the therapist and therefore wouldn't bring it to Jody it's just hard because they're they're setting the terms of their relationship now it's a new relationship and mm-hmm. like it it's becoming very much like the norm for him to be discussed and right sometimes it's like so that when you have a breakup it's like you break up you mourn that and then you have to like mourn the mourning when you mm-hmm. move on from the grief you almost miss the grief so mm-hmm. i just think she needs a therapist and she needs to deal with this out of a in a different way than with her relationship, because soon it's going to feel really hard to move on from that being a thing that her and Jody talk about. You know That's what I like mean? They connect on. Right. And if yeah. you right. don't want that to be the, 
what's holding them together because when that goes yeah. away, now they start talking about normal shit. They're like, oh, maybe we don't have a lot in common. Or yeah. oh, don't hey, you don't want that to, to be foundational. You don't want you don't Correct. want your last relationship trauma to be foundational in your new relationship. Right. And I, I think that Lisa even talks about that when she talks about how great Jody is in the same breath. She says he puts up with all the Lenny shit. So like that's why he's so great is because he listens to you and gives you feedback on your Lenny stuff. So I right. think you're on to something there where, yes, when that does all go away, maybe you do get to figure out where you are in a relationship. But I think that he's kind of stuck in this this cycle now where, like Matt said, yeah, you're in a new relationship. You got to figure out what you have. Lisa thinks that you're so great because you listen about all of that. What is Jody doing in this relationship aside from listening? Is he just there for you all the time? Do you actually have anything there? I think he's waiting to figure it out and waiting for the Lenny stuff to go away. I think he's being, if I had to put myself in his mind, he's probably being a little, I don't know, out of the box thinking, all right, when this whole settlement is done and you get your money and then the divorce is finalized, we get to live our lives and I get to find out how great of a woman you are. That might never come, or that might be a couple of years away. And I don't know if he's being real with himself with all of that. I hope he is. Maybe he's just in it because he realizes how great Lisa is. We don't well, really know the inner workings of what Jody's thinking, but it just suck that every time that she talks about how great he is, we think he's great, but it's only because he listens to your stuff about Lenny. Well, Jody's splitting a $32,000 a month condo with Lenny for Lisa. So clearly he's in it for the long haul because my man is shelling out for her to have some nice digs. Yeah. But, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, he lives yeah. in Adriana's old house, right? <laughs> he does, actually. Oh, wait, that was crazy to me. Wasn't that weird? Yeah. yeah I thought it was I don't so think... weird. I was like, oh, oh and Adriana like, just walks into her old house. What I think I'm watching, that's so bizarre. Like, it's, what a small world. It was crazy. And that's, I don't know. There's a lot of weird ties. But the last thing we need to discuss, uh, we had some drama pop off between Julia and Alexia. Who are trying to mend their relationship. They're trying to move forward a little bit. And things have been going well. They seem to be vibing while they're shopping. And it comes down to an awkward or weird comment made by Alexia. Because Julia's like, oh, we can room together on this trip. It's going to be great. And she gives her kind of a, a very strange answer. She's like, oh, I have to check with Todd first. And then Marisol. And the first interaction when they do it. It can kind of be, I guess, brushed off. Where you're like, all right, maybe she didn't mean anything by that. Maybe it's just like. She was trying to be funny. It happens again. And she, that the second time it was asked, that was a very clear, like, oh, I need to ask Todd for permission. And as we know, Julia is a lesbian. So a very, very poignant point was made. Well, do you have to ask for permission with Marisol? And I don't think that Alexia knows what she's implying here. It's like, oh, you think that just because I'm a lesbian, you can't be behind a closed door with me because I can't control myself. Like this whole scene really sucked. And I felt really bad for Julia, especially when they get to the house and she's talking to Adriana about it. There's so much wrong with that statement. And for her to act like when they're in the car on the way there and Julia's like, so are we rooming together? And she's like, oh, no, I'm just going to room with Marisol. And the way that she said that to me implies that she knows what she said to Julia wasn't right because she doesn't address the fact that, oh, you know, I, I talked to Marisol, so we're just going to room together now. She says it to Julia as though like, yeah, you know that me and Marisol are rooming together. She doesn't even address the fact that Julia was ever an option. Yeah, I I feel like um 
I know what it's like to have someone that I really like to room with on vacations and also on Ultimate Girls Trip and on all the other vacations that we've seen the Miami girls be on. Like Alexia and Marisol make it very clear that they love to vacation together. They have like a routine. They wake up in the morning and they have their morning cocky. Like this is something that they do. They're like vacation buddies. So I almost felt like the comment that Alexia was making to Julia about like, oh, I have to ask Todd, I have to ask Marisol, was more out of wanting to make fun of the situation and make light of the situation because she did not want to room with Julia. This is okay. a new friendship. She wants to room with Marisol. She knows that. Marisol is just her girl. That's just who she vacations with. And so I think that like, I, I don't, I don't want to and do not assume homophobia on Alexia's part because of this comment, I think she just didn't want to room with Julia from the beginning because she wants to room with Marisol and was trying to make a joke and was trying to be funny about it and went about it the wrong way. Do I okay. think that Alexia always says the right thing? Do I think it's impossible that she was making a homophobic comment willfully or un or not or ignorantly? No, I think it is possible, but I just don't assume that. And I think right. that because we have all this evidence of Julia and Marisol loving to be together specifically on vacation, I'm going to chalk it up to that and her wanting to have fun with Julia and be light in the beginning and then feeling awkward about the fact that there they are on vacation in Palm Beach and she's going to room with Marisol and needing to tell her for real. That's what I chalked that up to. I okay. don't want to assume something dark. I, I don't I don't want it to go there. All right, that's yeah. fair. I didn't. Yeah. I honestly didn't look at it that way. So maybe that was just, she didn't know how to tell her, I don't want to room with you. So she used Todd I and think Marisol. That's what it is. I think, okay. I think, I think she could have just been like, Oh no. Oh my God. You're so sweet. I always room with Marisol. She'd be pissed. But like, that's so fun. Like maybe if Marisol ever can't make it, we'll definitely room together. Girl. Mwah, mwah, love you. See you later. But she, I think didn't know how to say no. Like you're saying. Yeah. But I had though her bringing Todd into it at all, even in like a I, passing comment, making it funny. That's where I don't really understand it. Like, that's why, where it gets iffy. Yeah, like you can say I can ask Marisol for sure because everybody knows that you room with Marisol all the time. Yeah. But once you say I have to ask my husband for permission, it, I don't even get the joke. Like, it, what's I don't the joke? Either. Where, well, the joke about? is the joke is that if 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 the joke if is that she's assume that that's what that is, then it's. Oh, I have to ask Todd, you know, another man, you know, another yeah. another woman who might want to fuck me, like, yeah. which is like, you know, lame. Let's, yeah. let's hope that that wasn't it. Yeah. I, know, I, I see what I you're saying. I hope it wasn't because I don't want to be actually mad at Alexia. Why I don't, and I, I think you might be right, Matt, like when you see the scene with them shopping together, she's like, oh, your boobs look great. Your Oh, look at your butt. You have a great butt. And she's like helping her move her stuff around. Like, it doesn't seem to me like she's like, ugh. Like, ah, don't, you don't hit on me. It's more so. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I hope I, I agree with you. I hope that you're right. That would make me a lot happier than she might. Alexia might just be very traditional. And like Todd wants to know who she's rooming with. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I, but I do think maybe. their relationship is kind of weird. So, and I think Alexia is kind of weird. Oh, so, Todd, and Alexia? Yeah. Todd and Alexia is weird as hell. It is yeah, weird. It's bizarre. He fucking hung out in the gym during their party. That's weird. Insane. Somebody's phone near a microphone. Now, are you hearing something? Yeah, he's getting a lot of feedback. Could be oh, Siri. Uh, Is it me? I don't know who it was. I have no idea. Could have been anybody. But 
We got one more thing to do here, and that's just some questions. Uh, we got questions for you specifically from our listeners, oh. and then we got some Beverly Hills questions as well. So let's see if we got Matt Rogers questions uh, from Ang Ziskin. How's your athlete's foot doing? Oh, my God. It's not good. So I had athlete's foot. Um and I actually had never had it, even though I was an athlete all growing up. Like I got it in the gym a couple of years ago and it's been on and off with me for a couple of years. But apparently there's people in my DMs really trying to help me. Lotrimin really helped me. I'm going to get that again. Like I have I access to care. I have access to care, everyone. You don't need to worry about me. But thank you for your concern <laughs> for my feet because this affliction is real and I don't wish it on my worst enemy. How did you, did you shower barefoot at the gym? I did. Oh, let's see. Forgot the flip flops. I forgot them, and I just really wanted to shower. And I went in there, and I did it. And I was it worth it? It was. It was. I guess worth it in the immediate moment. But now it's really. I can't believe how long it's stuck around. It's crazy. Yeah, go away. That's a bummer. I'm so sorry. I'm glad you're on the mend, or at least doing better with it. I, I, Uh, it's, it's, it's better than it was, but. It recently got not great again. I can't believe that's a thing people know. I'm so stupid for saying that on my podcast. <laughs> I'm so happy that they asked. That's the first question. Uh, yeah, second question it. from John WK. What did you really think about Joy Bayard taking her shoes off and socks on that flight? Yeah, we're we're still in Footland. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a crazy decision of her. She 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 took her shoes off and put her feet on the wall of the plane. Oh. And I was god. just like, oh my god. And so then I called her out on it when I was on The View, and I don't think she liked that. <laughs> oh, really? She didn't care <laughs> But for I thought it? it was crazy. Good we on you have, for calling her out. We have so many airplane rants on this podcast about like airplane etiquette and the lack thereof that people have. Let me ask you, because I got mixed reviews from this one. Okay. If you're on a flight at like 6 in the morning, all right, the early flight, and it's dark out, if people open their shades... Do you get upset? So the sun starts peeking through. If if you're on a nighttime flight and it's dark, they drop the lights. You got that dark vibe on the plane, and one asshole turns his overhead light on right around your area. No, Does that, that doesn't off? bother me. No, that doesn't bother me it. at all because like he you might be reading. It. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel get like that is like that's an. We didn't get a thing. nook. I mean, get a nook. That that audible book or whatever. The fucking get an eye for your eyes. It's twenty twenty three. Grow up. Yeah, but you know what, though? The difference between that light in the cubicle or whatever or that light on the one seat is so different than an invasive light from outside. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care for it. You got a split decision, Steel. That's the best thing you can hope for. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, Let's ask you one more question, then we'll do some Beverly Hills questions, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) From Miranda... 412. Tell us more about your love for the great Melissa Gorga. I'm a fan of his because of her. <laughs> oh my God. I love Melissa Gorga. So uh Melissa Gorga reminds me of the girls I grew up with. I grew up on Long yeah. Island. And oh, nice. I've always I always thought that Melissa Gorga had aspirational older cousin energy. Like I feel like I know that girl and I know that I can trust that girl. And that's why I trust Melissa. Like it's something okay. about her energy and the way she is, where she makes she makes me she reminds me of home, and okay. she reminds me of a type of girl that I get. Whereas okay. like 
other people on that show remind me of people that I'm nervous about. Interesting. Fair enough. I like that. I, like- I feel Actually, the same I- way about Dolores. Dolores reminds me of all my mom's best friends growing up. Like Dolores is like a very warm spot oh, for me Dolores. in my heart. Yeah. Oh, so love you're from Dolores. the Northeast. Yeah. So you just love that like Italian. Yeah. yeah. My wife's. Yeah. Italian. Weirdly enough, Jersey yeah, was so the last that. franchise I got on board with. I think because I thought it would be too real. Oh, really? <laughs> it's yeah. Close so to now home. I love it. Yeah. I got to ask you one more because it's a funny question from Max okay. June. Which Southern charm man is a bottom in your opinion? <laughs> I don't watch Southern Charm, which is really good, which is a good thing. It's going to get me out of this question. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Let's go to some Beverly Hills questions. Which Southern Charm man is a bottom? That's, That's so a insane. funny question. Is Craig Conover on Southern Charm? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's a top. That's not the question. Paige is a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cop out. She's answer. a greedy bottom. A greedy bottom. <laughs> I like that term. Yeah, I like that. Term. Power, power bottom. Power bottoms. I, I yeah. think that term's hilarious. I love that term. Yeah. Power bottom. Um, power bottom. Uh, all right. So Beverly Hills questions. Oh, okay. From Carly Stair. Do you think Sutton is aiding Kathy and ruining Kyle and Mo? No. I don't Bad think either. it's that deep. I really don't. I don't think anyone wants to ruin Kyle and Mo. I don't I don't think anyone wishes for angst in kyle's life i think that kathy when she's not when she's not dealing with kyle isn't thinking about kyle i agreed all right last one here and i'm gonna make it a little bit more broad um and this is thoughts on crystal just overall what are your thoughts on crystal because i feel like she is primed for a breakout year and i think that she has more to deliver to this show and i think that she's in a place now where she's comfortable enough where she can, you know, we saw it at the dinner in Vegas where she wasn't afraid to like make a little jab, but then pulled it back and laughed it off. So I'm curious your take. Do you think she's going to have a bigger year this year and make more of a name for herself? How do you feel about her overall? In terms of Crystal, I want to believe I'm like Mulder. I want to believe <laughs> I want, because I believe that in her high highs when she first came on, she was great. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't think the edit is doing her favors because I don't yeah. think she possibly can be this silent the whole time. She apparently says she's not and that the edit is unkind to her. She told us that out in an interview. Yeah, we interviewed her once and she said that exact same thing. Yeah. Did you like her in the interview? Loved her. Oh, yeah. We yeah. loved her. She was great. She was very outspoken and everything. So that's why I kind of believe her because she wasn't afraid to talk about everything. Yeah, I, I've heard her on other interviews, too, and I've liked her more than I like her on the show. Like, um, She was on a podcast I like called Andy's Girls with Sarah Galley, and she really opened up, and I, I really liked her in that. I think that um, we'll see how this Anne-Marie stuff goes. I think yeah. it could be a good moment for her because I have a feeling Anne-Marie's not going to have all the right takes. <laughs> and yeah. I think that um, Crystal should ride this I'm a millennial truth teller thing all the way. Because she's got it all. She's got all the ingredients. I think she just is missing that X factor to push her over. But I think if she would really to let fucking go and go for it, like we could see her land amongst the stars. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But uh, that about wraps it up. Thank you for trudging through this with us our friday episode's always a long one so i oh my god are you kidding me this is so fun this is almost two solid hours of what i love to talk about so i'm happy to meet you guys 
Well, yeah, no, it was an absolute blast. Just a quick plug before I forget, because I forget everything. Uh, we have our first standalone live show. We are headlining the Green Room 42 in Times Square in New York City. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, head to the link in our bio. Get your tickets now. It's going to be a blast. We've got Bravo Lebs coming out. We have a big announcement who's emceeing for us. You actually know her, Matt. You're a fan of hers. You mentioned her already. I'm not going to say her name oh, yet. Great. Just, just yeah, put all the go. puzzle pieces out there. And yeah, you guys can all put it together yeah. and figure out who it is. But uh, <laughs> please get your tickets. Come support us. Like I said, it's the first time we're headlining. So I want to sell that when bitch out. January 25th. Nice. Are you around? You want to come? <laughs> Listen, if I am around, I will come. I might be in LA at that time because, but, but, because I split my time between LA and New York. But if I'm in New York, I'm fucking there. Sounds okay, good. We'll leave you a ticket. Hell yeah. Um, and don't forget to buy the vinyl of Matt Rogers' Christmas album. Have you heard of Christmas? Go get it now. Or can you download it, stream it, all that stuff? You can stream it on Spotify and come see me on tour. MattRogersOfficial.com. <laughs> Yeah, there, you there go. we go. You're better at plugging yourself than I am. I suck at plugging. I'm so bad at them. Like, I, I fumble them great. all the time. Thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, shoots, you got anything else? <laughs> no, nope. I'm good. All right. Well, brav bros are out of here. <laughs>